the sound you've waited months to hear. It's caused some of your greatest triumphs. The Bulls makes the catch, dives ahead, is he in? Yes, sir! And your biggest heartbreaks. For the first time in program history, Charlotte beats a Power 5 opponent. Club lit indeed. It's the option at Georgia Tech. It's Howard's Rock. The Smoke in Miami. And every Saturday, you tap that sign. College football is here. It's everybody's favorite intro. We're coming back. Wesson Walker, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. In fact, I was just talking about college football video games. It's something we probably bring up once every two weeks at least, at least once every month. Except this time, I was talking about college football video games with one Evan Smoke Ludwig. And he and I both share an affinity for one game in particular College Football 06. Smoke, you agree with me that that's the best video, the best college football video game of all time? Absolutely. It is, as one Wes Bryant would say, straight fire. <laughs> <laughs> there he is. There's the voice yeah, of one Wes Bryant. Or should I say EJ Manuel hopping on with I us. I know, right? I know. A lot of people. I had to get him this morning, man. People hit me with that all of the time. And I was like, man, I got to I gotta let him know that he may have a doppelganger. Or he, maybe he's my doppelganger. Yes. Yeah, so so for those that don't know, before we dive into team week here, talking about the Charlotte 49ers, the defensive side of the ball, I saw Wes Bryant put on his story a side-by-side -side photo with E.J. Manuel because so many people mistake Wes Bryant or say that he looks like the former Florida State quarterback. What did he have to say when he brought that to his attention? Yeah, at first he said he didn't quite see the resemblance, and then he compared me to somebody else that he played with. But then once I snapped the picture, he said, you know what? I can see a little bit of the resemblance as you take the picture. And then him and Eric McClain, when I told him I had turned 40 a few weeks ago, they said I looked like I was 21. Yeah, a lot of people – man, I'm telling you what, Wes – probably has the biggest age gap from what people think he is <laughs> to what he actually is. This is very, very I true. mean, how many people have guessed your age correctly or even been within five years of yeah, it? Yeah, none. Not many, man. I, I attribute it to great, great genes. Like I said, you can my, say it. Say the phrase. Grandma say was, the phrase, Wes. <laughs> what's the phrase? Say the phrase. Come what? on. Black don't crack. That's, That's right. <laughs> this is true, too. Yeah, my great-grandmother's like that. My grandma, my mom, like I said, yeah. man, I, I look at my mom sometimes. I'm like, when are you going to start looking old? It just hasn't happened. I knew you were going to. I figured you were going to say it because you've said it a couple of times, and apparently it is true. Yeah. I just remember Willie P. hopping on with us, and he said, I'm older than both of you guys. And I'm like, nope, no, not, not so really. much. Not, not Wes. Really, baby. Wes is a little older than you are, Willie. <laughs> All right. I love it. <laughs> let's continue with Team Week. This time we're talking about the Charlotte 49ers defense. And, Wes, I saved the worst for last. Just sure. for you, because we went over the offense yesterday. Sure. Even if it's not great, it was a lot better than what Charlotte 49ers defense was just last season. I'm going to read off some of the stats. It's atrocious. The depth chart for the Charlotte 49ers defense, it will change you know, pretty much every game in. They're going to try to figure out who the guys are going to be that you can depend on week in and week out. You have some new transfers coming in. But, what's the good news about their defense from last year going into this year you feel like the only way they can go is up because this was a group that finished 127th in the nation in total defense, 128th in the nation in scoring defense. And if you look at how bad they were at defending the pass, you could see USF had the second worst pass efficiency at 163 
and Colorado was the only other team in the 160s alongside Charlotte, who had the worst pass defense in all of college football. The only way they can go is up, West Bryant. Well, I think that, too, you got to start with 17 sacks on the season. They play 12 doggone games. you got to get more than one sack a game if you want to be a quality defense. And a lot of people always say it. It's been an age-old phrase, but the game starts up front, okay? And so on the defense, it starts with that pass rush. And if you can get home with four guys, then you're off to a phenomenal start as far as how good your defense can be. Charlotte, clearly by the numbers has not done that you see the interceptions for them seventh in conference USA only nine of those so Charlotte's got to get some pass rush but they've got a lot of help on the way when you talk about the transfers led by I hope I say his name right Yabi Oki yeah uh, they people came, are really high on him. they came from Michigan I mean he's going to have a lot of pressure on him to provide the pass rush and be the catalyst for this unit because plain and simple if they have another season that's half as bad as this it's not going to be very, very good. The conference leader was Middle Tennessee State. They had 36 sacks, so that's a 19 sack difference for those of you out there who are uh, going to math class every day uh, between them and the leaders of that conference, but those are very paltry numbers to say the least. I mean, only 97 yards worth of sacks they've given up, man. You've got to be able to apply pressure on opposing offenses. I just wanted to clean up some of the stats I was referencing. I didn't do a great job at it the first time. Let's see if second time is the charm. Charlotte had the least efficient pass defense in the nation. It was not close. The secondary's pass efficiency defensive rating was 173.38. USF had the second worst pass efficiency at 167.93. Colorado, (laughs) the only other team in the 160s as I was referencing. Charlotte, the only team in the 170s. That's how bad it was. So you ask, how does it get fixed? Well, you can start by stopping the bombs. This is what was going on. They just kept connecting downfield with the opposing offense. And what happened was some of the short plays that you would actually be able to contain, well, they would end up racking up yards after the catch. The 49ers allowed 9.7 yards per pass. It was the worst by a mile ahead of Coastal Carolina at 9.2, and that USF reference I had at 9. So you're almost giving up a first down every single completion that you give up, and it was the worst mark in all of college football. I do think that Biff Pogey coming over, being the head coach that is, as we've referenced before, so football coach, how he wants to establish the run, how he wants to play sound defense, and he wants to control the time of possession. This is going to be very different from what Will Healy wanted to do. Even if he said that he wanted to have a strong running game, I'm not sure that he drifted away from that as much when you had to throw the football constantly, and the wide receiver group was among your strengths a part of this football team construction. Defensively, I expect them to be a lot better. Some of the transfers coming in, as you mentioned, Mm -hmm. this is going to have more talent, and that's why on top of them just not being able to go any further down. This is why I think you can expect better things in 2023. Well, this is the thing. They they have around 40 players who have departed the program. The article came out in the Observer uh, around a week ago, and so that's the thing, man. They're doing addition by subtraction, so you got a whole new unit in, so it's hard to gauge really what you're going to get from this defense with so many new faces. So many of these transfers just litter. You look at the depth chart um, according to our lads right now, and you've got so many starters on that defense that are going to be transfers. You've got one, two, three, four, five, 
Like seven guys on that defense that are looking to infiltrate and make an impact and several more around six or seven that are in the second unit. So this is going to be a brand new unit. Can they get the chemistry together? Can they come in and, and just figure out what it is that's needed? And a lot of times with defense, man, you got to go back to the basics. Give them a simple scheme. Don't make them think a lot. Let them run around. Man, I, I make defensive players that sound really bad on this radio. Between my academic school's defensive line take and then saying keep it simple Let's for just defenders. say I'm glad you weren't here for Jared Verse because you basically <laughs> called him dumb by calling all defensive well, he, linemen he's dumb. A, he's a sharp guy, you know, and I, and I will say that. But no, but plain and simple, you've got to be able to give these guys a, a good, simple scheme, uh, especially at first, that they can run around in and know what they're doing and feel comfortable with it, man. So they, this is going to be a fascinating development to watch when you talk about Charlotte this year and how they're going to be able to get this defense to be better than it was a season ago. Well, and last thing I'll reference, too, is now that you have a different defensive coaching staff, it was so bad under Will Healy. You had guys like Brandon Cooper, Marcus West. They were co-defensive coordinators, one in charge of the front seven, one in charge of the back end, and neither one of those units were particularly effective. And anybody that was successful, you were doing it with the recruits, really brought in by somebody like a Brad Lambert. Last thing I'll go to is, I've talked a lot about Alex Atkins, who is now the co-offensive coordinator and offensive line coach down at Florida State. You just heard me talk about him with Jared Verse, how much Verse respects someone like Alex Atkins. How about Wake Forest coach Glenn Spencer? He was the defensive coordinator at Charlotte, and that was the last time that you could feel really good with some talent like Alex Highsmith. You had Jeff Gemmel at the linebacker spot, and Jawan Foggy was one of the more versatile players in all of college football, being lined up in a whole bunch of different spots and being a bigger dude that also had like five interceptions despite looking like a linebacker. And Glenn Spencer knew what to do with a lot of that defensive talent. You've had good coordinators before. You feel like if it could just all come together now under somebody that is running the program that you respect, like Biff Pogey, hopefully it all can work out for the defensive side of the ball with the Charlotte 49ers team.